What's good, my friends? Small business owners, entrepreneurs, side hustlers everywhere. Welcome to the Go Figure Podcast. Today's episode, episode number 34. As you can see, my partner in crime, Ty, is not here. He is busy. Uh, we had some new operational changes with one of our loan platforms, so he is busy building that out for our team and partners. The tough thing about doing podcasts and content creation when you actually have a real business that you're running is it can be difficult sometimes to schedule it in. But yet, if you are a business in 2023, it's absolutely vital and important that you're creating content because if you're not, I guarantee the competition is, and that will set you apart. I can't tell you how many clients and partners and people we've spoken with over the years who have connected with us and decided to do business because of the content that we produced. And so it is very important to do it even when it doesn't fit very easily within your schedule. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. So today, I thought we'd do something a little bit different. Instead of diving into current issues and the business uh, finance marketplace and you know all the ins and outs of credit money and everything that they didn't teach you in school, which is absolutely why we're here for you, we thought it'd be interesting to kind of just share a little bit about our story because at the end of the day, you'd much rather do business with a person versus you know some corporate uh, business name out there. Everybody wants to connect on a personal level and they really want to hear your story. And so I thought it'd be appropriate to kind of share the background, the story for how Seven Figures Funding was created, what that story was like, what were the circumstances, what were the struggles, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So before I do that, let me give you just a little bit of background about me because I, I you know, I did, uh, did found it, start Seven Figures Funding. We started it out of my home office, uh, just myself uh, and one employee, and then very quickly, Ty was an integral part of uh, helping to get that launched and, and a number of our other, uh, we'll call it uh, founding, uh, founding employees and, and team members who really helped us get off the ground and have been stalwarts and, and pillars here at Seven Figures Funding for years to come. So my background is my first uh, entrepreneurship uh, opportunity came. I wasn't one of those kids who is, I find there's kind of two types of entrepreneurs, right? You have entrepreneur number one that, you know, kind of like my son, uh, he's he's always wanting to start a business. He's gone door to door doing a curb painting. Uh, he's very good at sales naturally. He's very kind of outgoing, connects with people. Uh, that's my uh, 13-year-old son, Marcus. And he's just got entrepreneur in his blood. And so obviously I know he's going to be an entrepreneur for the rest of his life because that's who he is. He's very independent, et cetera. Then the second type of entrepreneur is actually where I fall into. I was not the guy, you know, selling the little uh, school programs, magazines, whatever it was to, you know, earn a prize. I didn't have the lemonade stand. I wasn't going door to door selling stuff. I was kind of afraid of doing that. Pretty pathetic, but that was the truth. And so I kind of fall in that second uh, wave of entrepreneurship where, you know, I did everything I was told to. I got the good grades. I got the scholarship. I went to college. I, I kind of followed that very traditional path. And then I remember sitting 
you know, in uh, my my uh, one of my business finance classes, and this guy Sean comes in and he's like, you know that piece of paper y'all are working real hard for. Well, guess what? At the end of the day, employers are not going to be super impressed with it if you don't have actual business work experience. And since most of you are here trying to get some sort of business degree, and this was actually back, boy, it's a long time ago. This is 2001. This is 22 years ago. Since most of you are trying to get that business degree, if you don't have experience, you're going to start at the very bottom and you're not going to be looked upon very um, impressively. And so I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So he's like, here's what I've got for you. I've got this internship. You start a painting business. It's college works painting. We're going to teach you sales, marketing. You're going to hire employees. I'm like, perfect. This, this will be great. I'll get experience. So I did that. There was like a hundred of us that started in this program in the state of Utah, College Works Painting. And out of it, there were, you know, maybe 10 that actually finished it. And out of those 100 that started, I finished second in that uh, internship program, ran a $65,000 painting business for the summer. Uh, Fortunately, I spoke Spanish, so I could hire amazing painters uh, who are from Mexico, who understood painting way better than I could ever do. In fact, I was a terrible painter. But but I learned the sales. I was good at sales because I'd done this two-year Mormon mission where you're knocking on doors. This is in Santiago, Chile, Spanish-speaking. You really learn how to communicate and how to engage and how to get people's attention and uh, how to be convincing and persuasive when you do something like that for two years. So it translated well, ran that successful business and like entrepreneurships for me. I'm in. I don't see how I can ever get a job and work for somebody ever again. And so then I started, you know, doing uh, mortgage finance. Uh, it was a job and then eventually started my own mortgage finance company in 2005. Did very well for a couple years, invested in real estate, did well there. Market tanks, of course, in 08, 09. I hadn't you know, learned values and principles. I hadn't uh, reached out to mentors. I hadn't read any entrepreneur books. Just literally the perfect example of somebody who went to school, thought they learned some stuff and didn't know shit, and then went on. And and uh, because of that, stopped learning. When you stop learning, you're going to fail very, very soon. No question about it. So went through that failure process, 08, 09, 10, um, and then really started to get back into my entrepreneurship roots again. I mean, I really, really never got any jobs during that point. I was trying out you know, an Amazon business, e-commerce, um, you know, doing uh, import export, just a lot of different businesses trying to figure out. I started doing, uh, helping people who are in foreclosure because I had a bunch of properties that were in foreclosure during that time. So I learned a lot about loan modifications and how to work with banks and how to buy extra time um, and put yourself in a better financial situation. So I helped a lot of people with that and first kind of got got going uh, with this company I formed called Keep My Casa in 2013. Started helping people, you know, stop foreclosure, get loan modifications done. The most grateful people ever, obviously, because they were going to be homeless very quickly and was able to keep them in their homes. And then eventually really went full into business finance in 2014 and launched. uh, I had done some business finance uh, funding in 2009, in in 2010, but didn't do it really full-time until 2014. And then I started learning about business credit, went all into this, um, and then eventually opened an office up in 2015 with a partner. Started realizing, hey, startup funding is where it's at. You can help a lot of people with startup funding. I had been doing commercial real estate funding. I've been doing big business uh, funding with companies across uh, the U.S., including in Silicon Valley, Texas, other places. And I'm like, you know what? You could, there's way more new businesses who need help and no one's serving them. It's less competition. Actually, I can make more money doing that than working on these big deals that can take months, 
they're always dying and being resurrected over and over again, kind of high-stakes stuff, high-risk, high-reward. And so I'm like, well, let's do the lower-risk thing to serve a lot more people, make a smaller amount per deal, but actually make more money overall because you can create systems, processes, build a team. So in 2015, started doing that and started to see a lot of success. Uh, we made like $40,000 in sales our first month, which was amazing. I'm like, wow. I think our previous best was about uh, 25000 in a month uh, doing the established funding only. So I'm like, wow, startup funding, focusing on a niche is really where you can you know, get a lot of traction. By December, six months later that year, had our first $100,000 month. And then as something has been a pattern for a lot of my business career, my business partner stopped working. He's like going to these uh, drug raves in California, getting into fights, just being, just making bad decisions, unfortunately. And he worked hard for the six, first six months. The next six months, he checked out. He's raiding the bank account, buying multiple cars. It's just him. He doesn't have any kids that drive. So I'm like, what the hell are you doing? So by May of that year, I'm like, I'm out, bro. And by the way, you know, half the company's coming with me, all of our top performers, because they're tired of, you know, we all hate it when you come to the office because you actually make things worse. So we're just going to start over. He was upset. He uh, stole uh, like oh, about fifteen dollars to $20,000 out of the bank account that was rightfully mine. Fine, washed our hands, started over, opened a new office in July 2016, started that business up, grew very fast. Zero to $5 million in 18 months, 50 employees later. Same thing happened. I brought on new business partners. Uh, we started that one out of my kitchen, brought on new business partners. Didn't share values and principles. They're making promises they're not keeping. They're not following through. They're sitting there playing on Xboxes in the office uh, while they you know, presume to tell our employees to work hard. I'm like, oh, my goodness. How could I do this again? All right, this is it. I'm out again. So this time I have to leave with $100,000 in debt. And, you know, we, we just bought this really nice house. We got on these vacations, things, things look on the outside like they're going good. And in August of 2018, at the age of 38, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm starting over. I'm taking over $100,000 in debt with me from the previous company just so I can start over because I can see there's zero future in staying at this company that I had launched out of my kitchen. So there we are starting over again. And I'm not even sure I'm going to stay in business finance. I love it, but I'm just not sure. I feel like I need to educate small business owners more. So I built out this education platform and, uh, and Ty had also been, been in the previous company. And so he left a lot of our, you know, early employees and team here left that company. So we're all working at different jobs, working from home, and I'm launching a new business again, and I can't qualify for financing because my finances are tapped out from the previous business. I got maxed out cards. I can't qualify for new finance. I'm like, shit, now what do I do? Fortunately, my mother-in-law steps up. She's seen that we've had success, that I just made bad decisions and bringing in the, the wrong business partners. And she's like, I'll be your partner. I'll, you know, go through funding. I'll get the money. So I, I put together a funding plan. Of course, we're pretty good at funding still. Um, we got $65,000, 0% interest up to 15 months. I'm like, okay, great. We've got some runway. We've got some money. Uh, in the meantime, I start falling a little bit behind on my mortgage because I know I got to hold this money up for the business. And uh, it's super stressful. And when I get stressed, I actually lose weight, even though I'm, you know, working out, eating, trying to do everything right. And so I'm super stressed. And for the first month in September, we don't have any sales. October, we don't. I'm building this platform out and I've got one employee. So I'm actually paying her W-2 salary every single week. And that's where we are. 
And so times are tough. I remember it like it was yesterday. You know, I'd gone from this big office, now back to working in my home office. Um, these guys are, my old partners are talking crap the whole time. They're, you know, threatening to, you know, lawsuits, all these different things. And I meet with an attorney and I finally figure out, oh, actually, they don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> That's good news. And so eventually I'm like, all right, well, good. I'm going to get back to what I do. I've got this education platform to help business owners educate them on business finance, all these things I've learned over the last several years. I'm like, well, what if we combine the education with the finances? We'll get you the best money, but we'll also educate you on how to build business credit, how to make great decisions in building your business. And boom, now we've got a competitive advantage that nobody else has. And so in Thanksgiving that year, we finally, in November, we finally start to have sales. Uh, we white labeled out the education program because Ty was able to sell it to another coaching group that wanted to use uh, the education platform that I built out. And so it was perfect. So we started making money there. I started doing business funding again. By December of that year, basically month two, when we were actually back to doing funding, $25,000 in sales. I think we did maybe 50, 60,000 in sales in January. And by March, we'd already hit six figures and we basically started funding again, um, you know, in December. So literally four months later, we went from zero to $100,000 a month, just like that. And that's when, that's when, before we even started, I started recruiting some of our old team that had left the previous company. And the first thing I, I did is I said, and I don't think they believed me, but I'm like, these are our values and principles. We're going to do what we say we're going to do. We're not going to whine and complain and talk shit about people. If there's a problem, we're going to, we're going to fix it. Uh, we're going to be unreasonably optimistic. There's no complaining. There's no whining. There's only focusing on solutions. There's taking action. There's being relentless. There's being accountable for what you're supposed to do. And so I would literally meet with uh, some of our guys. I remember meeting uh, with Nate, um, you know, who's now one of my other partners, Seven Figures Funding, and, and showing, hey, this is what we're going to do. Uh, some guys didn't come with us. They went uh, different directions and still succeeded. Good guys just uh, wanted us to be a little bit more established, which, of course, now we are. And so eventually been working at the home office for nine months. And there's these there's these key points that happen, I think, in everybody's, you know, launch story. And let me get a drink real quick because I lost my voice last week. So there are these pivot points that happen in your business where if you don't pivot, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to grow. You're going to very much stay where you're at. So the first one was, hey, I'm just going to do the education programs. And by about November, you know, 90 days in, I'm like, if we don't go back to business finance and combine this, we're going nowhere. So all right, back to business funding. That's me. That's what I love. It's what I'm good at. Great. We're going to add the education piece and we're going to rule. And we did. We grew fast, right? The next thing, the next big decision was I had this third party group, two guys from my previous company that I trained up. And they were kind of like a third-party fulfillment to do the applications and get the clients the financing. And I knew it would be temporary. And so, you know, we're sending it into them. And Ty's like, when are we going to start doing the financing in-house? We can't be sending it out to these guys. They're great guys, but we just they're just never going to care as much about our deals as we are. I'm like, I got you. I know. This is just temporary. Give me time to build things up here. And so by uh, April of 2019... 
Uh, I, I take these guys out to lunch. I say, hey, I love you guys. Really appreciate you, but we're going to do funding in-house from here on out. God bless you. Wish you nothing but the best. And my one employee at the time, my one full-time W-2, she is. She literally comes the next day um, on a Saturday, shows up my, at my house, and she's sobbing. We're making the wrong decision. We can't do this. This is wrong. I'm like, I really appreciate everything you've done to this point, but we have to do it internally. Or... I can't, you know, pay you more. I, we can't grow. We can't get an office. And I think eventually she understood that. But so again, so then it, so that was the that was the next big decision, right? We have to do funding in house. And then uh, Ty brought on one of our first big partners. It was funny. He and I were flying out to an event in Dallas, Texas, and this big partner he had been trying to bring on did e-commerce events across the country and uh and he finally gave him a shot and he's like hey you got to get on this cruise so ty on his own buck you know gets on this cruise takes him and his wife marie there uh, marie who manages our funding department and and they go on this cruise and i remember we funded a bunch of those clients we passed their test and then all of a sudden he's at an event in new york city in may we're funding i'm literally working 9 a.m to 9 p.m uh monday through saturday and you better believe I'm working a little bit on Sunday too. Like so, basically every day, Ty is working a full time you know sales job, and then on the weekends from Friday to Sunday, he's going to these events and getting the funding application, sends them in, and then and then uh, and then Corey and I, who was the employee at the time, uh, we would do the funding. I'd be the funding manager. She'd do the processing. And we're just working like a well-oiled machine. Uh, Nate's coming on board. We got uh, Austin and and Ben that are starting to do sales and and uh, become funding advisors. And then we're faced with the next big question, the next big pivot. All right, well, what do we do? Do we keep on working from home, keeping expenses low, low overhead, no stress? No. We keep on working for, from home. You know what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing's going to happen. We won't grow. We won't build a valuable business. If we ever go on vacation, the business will suffer. Like you've got to build a real team and you have to have a real culture and you can't do that if you don't have an office. So, okay, we're going to move into an office. We're going to, it's going to be, I think it was like $8,000 a month, which ooh, that seemed like a ton of money at the time. And fortunately, we didn't need the whole office so we could actually kind of rent out half of it. Um, to one of our partners who was doing Amazon fulfillment. So that was great. And then funny enough, uh, two of our most amazing employees actually were doing fulfillment in the other half of the office. We got to know them and then uh, they both came on board. They're both uh, amazing, both going on our company trip next week. So that was kind of, uh, you know, there's always these, these opportunities. And if you're opportunistic, you'll kind of see those and take advantage of those. So there we are. Uh, we get into the office. And I remember at the time, uh, the year before, we had to get rid of our boat as I was starting, you know, this new business. So my kids were super sad about that. And it was okay because the lake was low and, you know, Utah was in a drought. And then that winter, we got a ton of snow and we did a lot of snowboarding. And my kids are like, Dad, are we going to get a boat again? And I'm like, I don't know, guys, we got to move into an office. I don't think we can do it. But then for some reason, the landlord gave us like a free month of, of rent for moving. And I don't remember why they did that. And it was just enough for the down payment for the boat. So I'm like, ah, screw it. Let's do it. So we got the boat. That was awesome. I remember, you know, just a few months later and then, and then meeting with one of my old business partners who was still at the old uh, company I had started. And I could tell he was itching to go out and do his own thing. Hated working with the, our, our old business partners as well. And he's like, dude, there's something... 
you, you don't seem stressed at all. I'm like, I'm not, man. We're, we're executing. We've got values and principles. We've got an amazing team. We're growing. And it was just great to be in control. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, you've got to have control. If you don't have control over the business, over your team, if you don't have control over what the culture stands for, then that business is not going to succeed. And that's exactly why the previous one um, did end up obviously not succeeding after I left, et cetera, et cetera. And so anyway, uh, this guy ends up starting his own thing. He's building like a $100 million fintech, which, you know, we're, we're actually trying to, we're following him, working there with him. He's he's done a great job. But, but again, just how important those values and principles are. So we move in the office, start building the company up, and things are going well. More than half of our business is coming from this events partner, and he does all these e-commerce events. And so we're literally gone like all the time on weekends. Ty is still working his full-time job. And then, lo and behold, guess what happens in 2020? The pandemic hits. Oh, shit. So the pandemic hits. Now what? Well, all of those events we had scheduled and they were all over the country, three out of four weeks of every month. And the majority of our business was coming from these events. So the pandemic hits in March of 2020, and those events go away. And our lead flow is tanking. And and then incredibly, like uh, you know, my first employee at the time was like, I, you know, I need a raise, I need this, I need that. I'm like, oh my gosh, we just had our worst month ever. Probably not a good time to ask for a raise. And so that's all these things are happening at the same time. And, you know, a lot of our team is, you know, kind of, uh, they don't know how to react to the pandemic. They don't know if they should come to the office. And so crazy things are happening. All these events are gone. And so by May, we have our worst month in the last 12 months. Like literally May of 2019 was significantly better, like two and a half times better than May of 2020. I'm like, oh my gosh. So two th important things. I decide we have to have a funding partner portal. I have to invest $20,000 into software, 20 grand. You know, we've, we've got some money saved up. Okay, great. So we put that into that. So in our worst month ever, I'm investing $20,000 into this partner portal. And then um, I'm like, well, and we've got this partner portal. What if we start uh, recruiting people who are, you know, coaches, consultants who want to build a business, finance business? We offer some training, and and now we can generate more leads, more deals. And so I, I created a sales funnel, and uh, it was my first successful one because I had tried before that to do these sales funnels, the click funnels, the Russell Brunson things, and they not failed. And what I learned was, well, just follow somebody's funnel, model after them, don't copy because I'm going to do my own stuff. I'm always going to be unique and create more value and a better offer than the competition. But who is in the space, my space, that has a successful sales funnel? So I looked and I found a couple successful funnels. I modeled after them and lo and behold, it actually succeeded. And so we're bringing in partners, bring, bringing in more deals. And then one of the key things that we also did during that time was, and this is where that concept of being relentless comes in, you know, obviously there's concern, there's issues, our sales have plummeted, but I'm like, you know what, I'm going to keep on uh, working hard. Some of our guys were gone on vacation. I don't know how they went on vacation. The pandemic was amazing. I think one of them went to Costa Rica, Austin did. Um, and so I'm calling through some of his old leads because he's out for the week. And I see this old pre-approval, this lady, Jen, really cool, get a hold of her. 
And she's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not actually working in that business opportunity I was, but I got this new one I'm super excited about. So I took her through funding. She got like 35 grand. We paid off a high interest credit card, moved it to 0% interest, saved her like three grand a year in interest. She's super excited. And I'm like, tell me about this group you're working with. You're like, oh, it's this couple. And they're helping, you know, moms who want to build an Amazon business while they put their uh, baby to sleep for the day. You know, baby's taking the nap, and now you can build your Amazon business. I'm like, wow, these guys sound cool. They match our values and principles. And so I reach out to him every which way possible. LinkedIn, Facebook, their website, email address. And finally, he responds. And I'm like, hey, we helped your client. She did well. She can give you a, a shout out to how awesome our business financing was. So we did a few calls with him and he's like, all right, hey, I got this big virtual event. So we were used to live events. Now we're going to transition to virtual events. So we transitioned to virtual events. And I remember, all right, this is e-commerce. Who's a, you know, I haven't done this much financing with e-commerce uh, uh, clients. Well, actually, we'd, we'd done a decent amount to that point. But in terms of presenting the funding options, I felt like, you know, Ty had a lot of e-commerce experience. He would really have the credibility when talking about this. So I'm like, so Ty's like, well, I'm going to play golf for the weekend in St. George, but let me do the workshop. I'm like, cool, you do the workshop. I'll make sure everybody gets funding. So he did it, and we literally got, I think we signed 50 deals that week. And it's literally me, and I've got my 16-year-old son, Lucas, who's uh, taking off on his mission to Brazil on Monday. Um, but back then, he was like 16. He's in high school. Luckily, he has this really deep voice. And so he's in there working these clients. Uh, Austin gets back. He's in there working on those clients. And then it's literally uh, Nate and I. So there's literally like four of us um, that are just uh, attacking all of these uh, deals. And July, we have a record month. So literally, you know, three months after the pandemic, we now have a record month. And every month thereafter, we keep growing and we keep on bringing more partners in and adding the five-star experiences to the clients. And over and over and over again, there are these key decision points that you come to. And, you know, as you fast forward, as I look at the wall here, we got our Two Comma Club X Award which a very small amount of businesses ever qualify for that or you know, end up doing eight figures in sales. And so it's been an extraordinary experience. And as I look back, the values and principles are important. If you don't have values and principles on your wall, do what you say you're going to do. We're going to be relentless. We're going to focus on solutions. We're not going to make love to problems. Uh, we're going to you know, build a strong team, a strong culture, we're going to solve problems fast, not avoid them. We're going to take on issues quickly and fix them. We're going to control what we can control, not worry about the things we can't control. And as I look back at the journey, those are important things. If you don't start with the foundation of values and principles, you can't build something. And at the key points, if you don't end up getting an office, it's going to be tough to build something. If you don't build a team and get out of the trenches where you're doing you know, 99% of the operational work going to be very difficult to build, scale, and grow a company, right? And then the other thing I'd say is you have to do build high leverage um, things in your business. For example, that investment, that partner portal has paid significant dividends. Now we've invested over $100,000 in that portal. Now we've invested over $200,000 in our fintech application, myfigures.com, to help 
small business owners get their money right, manage everything in one place instead of 20 different places. I believe that company is going to be a $100 million company in the next three to five years. And it's going to absolutely transform the way small business owners access money and build profitable businesses. And our goal is to see how many, at least, you know, hundreds of thousands of small businesses help them join the Seven Figures Club. 93% of businesses never do. People are like, why is your business called Seven Figures Funding? You're not getting me a million dollars. Well, sometimes we are if you qualify, but yeah, most people are not. Most people are getting fifty dollars to $150,000 in funding. But you know what? By getting this funding, following these principles we teach you, you can join the Seven Figures Club, build a seven figures business using the funding to kind of rocket and propel you to that seven figures business that only 7% of businesses ever get to in our country. And that's why we're called seven figures funding. And so, you know, having a very detailed mission is important and then working on, you know, different things. Maybe, you know, it's working on the ability to do uh, public speaking about funding or about whatever it is you do, right? So that, that's been key. Speaking at events, gaining notoriety, writing book, all these different things are little assets that help you build the business. But it is a journey and it is experience and it is learning. If you're not learning from other mentors who are further along the journey than you are, then again, it's going to be tough to build that, that business, that seven, eight figure business that you want to do. And the good thing about 2023 is you don't have to actually know them in person, right? You know, Patrick Bet David's one of my top mentors, and I first met him um, at an event we, uh, I spoke at and sponsored in, in Indianapolis. Amazing, amazing event. Awesome to meet, uh, meet him and, and talk with him and tell him what an impact. But he'd made an impact on me like two, three years earlier when I started consuming all of his content, buying his programs long before I ever met him. And that's what's great about 2023 and everything as an entrepreneur. You can learn from entrepreneurs like Alex Hermosi and Russell Brunson and Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone, all these successful entrepreneurs just by consuming their YouTube channels, their podcasts, buying their programs, going to their annual events that they put on, listening to them speak, and you can incorporate and model the different uh, strategies and tools and tactics they've used to succeed at a very high level. And so there's never been a better time to be able to learn quickly from others. And the biggest mistake I made early on as an entrepreneur was acting like I just had these things figured out, which was absolutely foolish. You've got to be reading the books every day. You've got to be listening to the podcasts every day. And if you add all these things up together, that's how you build a seven and eventually eight figure business. And now our, our next step is, well, how can we get to nine figures? And we've got some ideas on that. And it's investing in software. It's investing in recurring income programs within your business. And of course, it's building a community of, of very excited customers who all work together to create something amazing. Well, there it is, guys. There's your seven figures funding story, where we came from, how it all came to be. Hope you enjoyed it today. If you enjoyed the stories I shared, share this episode with others. If you're not a subscriber, ding that bell and subscribe so you get notifications when we go live. We try to do these podcasts usually Tuesdays and Thursdays, except if uh, Jillian's sick or something happens, then you know, we have to do them on Friday sometimes. So have a great weekend. God bless you. Spend it with the ones you love. Take action on a daily basis towards building your dream business. It is absolutely possible, and you can do it. 
And, of course, it helps to be in the best country in the world where capitalism was founded in the United States of America. And we will see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure Podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your debt worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast.